0: This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where the governor unveils his plan to reopen the Sunshine State. Phase one begins Monday, with the exception of Miami-Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. In short, schools will stick with visual learning from home. Nursing homes are still off limits to visitors. Theaters, bars, gyms, and personal services like hairdressers cannot reopen yet. But restaurants, retail stores, and hospitals can open for business as long as they engage in social distancing. The governor's strategy is getting positive reviews from business and even some Democrats, but they're still griping about the state's unemployment system. We'll hear from a lawmaker who voted against it seven years ago. She has an ask for the governor. Both of Florida's U.S. senators are asking the USDA to rethink their decision to allow the importation of five types of citrus from China, the home of citrus greening disease. We'll also check out your daily calendar of events and get the latest on Florida Man, including a backhanded tribute from Conan O'Brien. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Thursday, April 30th. Florida's statewide stay at home order is about to come to an end. Governor Ron DeSantis says we're going into phase one of the coronavirus recovery on Monday.
1: The unprecedented national shutdown has thrown the lives of millions of Americans into economic and social turmoil. Floridians have lost jobs through no fault of their own and many are fearful of what may come next. Others have seen small businesses that represent their life's work devastated practically overnight. Now this current crisis has impacted in one way or another all 21 and a half million Floridians in life-changing ways. Our kids have not seen their friends from school in at least six weeks. School sports and plays and activities have gone up in smoke depriving our kids of some of the best times of their lives. Traditional graduations have been canceled and so have senior proms. These moments will be forever lost. Working parents have had to juggle the new reality of distance learning, all the while trying to put food on the table. And of course, our kids haven't been able to see their grandparents. This is something that my wife, Casey and I know well, our newborn daughter, Mamie, has yet to be held by any of her grandparents. Today though, Florida will take a step, small, deliberate, methodical, and based on consultation with some of our greatest physicians towards a more hopeful future. We do have hope. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. Now I'll outline the steps that we'll be taking going forward. This new phase will start on Monday, May 4th, and will, for the time being, exclude Miami-Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. These counties have seen the lion's share of the state's epidemic, but they are trending in a positive direction. I am working with them and will continue to work with them, and I do believe that they will be able to move to phase one uh, very soon. We will get Florida back on its feet by using an approach that is safe, smart, and step-by-step. Fear is our enemy. Now, we're a resourceful people with a can-do spirit. We can do what we need to do to protect our vulnerable populations from the coronavirus while taking safe, smart steps toward rebuilding Florida's foundation. Now, these steps will be deliberate. It will not be like turning off a switch. But each step will bring us closer to that light at the end of the tunnel. The only thing we have to fear is letting fear overwhelm our sense of purpose and determination.
0: DeSantis is following the playbook created by the White House, but there are some exceptions. While the feds say it's now okay to reopen theaters, Governor DeSantis does not.
1: Uh, I've declined to go for movie theaters now. I just think it's practically difficult to do the social distancing. Indoor environments, I think, are more likely for transmission. So even though you could have done that in phase one, You know, I think prudence dictates that we go a little slow on that. The restaurants, what we're gonna do is allow outdoor seating with social distancing. So you need to have at least six feet apart from the tables. And then indoors they can do 25% capacity with the CDC recommended spacing. You know, we want these folks to be able to get back in business if they can do it safely. And I think I was convinced that, that this is safe. Uh, I had some medical folks recommend the outdoors to me, and they thought that made more sense, and so we're doing that. Some people, the task force recommended 50% capacity inside. I think we'll start with 25 with the outdoor and then see how it goes.
0: The governor has also decided bars, gyms, and personal services like hairdressers will remain closed because there's no way to limit person-to-person contact.
1: We're not going to change uh, the bars, as, and that was recommended not to change the bars. They, did rec- they said you could do the gyms in phase one. I'm gonna look to see what some other states, how they've done it, what the results are. I, I do want people to be able to get into gyms, and if I, get re- if I get some guidelines that make sense and I see other states have done it and it's been okay, uh, then we'll obviously reevaluate that. And I would say the same with some of the personal services like the hairdressers. A lot of these folks are small business folks. They have been able to sell a lot of their products on curbside, but this was something that, that was not considered essential business or activity to have the face-to-face close contact. I think there may be ways we've gotten ideas about how you can do it to make it low risk. I'm going to look to see what happens in other states, but for now, phase one is not going to include that.
0: Retail stores can open again, but school campuses remain closed and kids will learn online. The ban on visitors at nursing homes and adult living facilities will also remain in place, but hospitals can get back to business as long as they maintain a reserve of beds and protective gear for COVID-19 cases. This may be the recovery stage, but Governor DeSantis says social distancing is as important as ever.
1: Phase one in terms of our vulnerable populations, and we've been messaging this really since early March, if you're 65 and up, if you have a significant underlying condition, you need to avoid crowds, avoid close contact with people outside your household, and stay home as much as you can. This is a, a, a disease, if you look at our fatality rates, uh, we have at least 93% of the fatalities uh, I believe are, are 55 and over, uh, close to 85 or 65 and over, between 80 and 85% of our fatalities in Florida are 65 and over. So. The risk is greater in these groups and we advise them to continue to urge caution in how they interact. There's a lot of social distancing that's gonna be going on. Restaurant, retail store, obviously the essential businesses we've been having of doing social distancing. I would tell people the most important social distance we can do is distancing the vulnerable population from those who are not. Because if you're not vulnerable, you may be a carrier of this and not, not have symptoms or not know it, and your risk, uh, you have a risk to pass it along. So if we can do that, you know, we're gonna see a lot of progress be made as we go forward. We're gonna continue with the uh, CDC guidelines about physical distancing when in, in public, social groups at 10 or fewer, we're gonna continue uh, doing that. And we're recommending face masks uh, if you're in face to face interactions with people, particularly in the workplace, uh, and if you can't adequately social distance. So, this is not, we're not gonna find people if they don't do it. And I think sometimes, if you going by yourself for a jog, you probably don't need the face mask. If you're in a face to face business, That to me has got to be a business practice and then if you're in situations just in the public where you may not be able to keep that distance then this is a good thing to be able to do.
0: Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed, who is the unofficial leader of the Democratic Party in Florida because, well, she's the only Democrat holding statewide office, says she is encouraged by this cautious approach and agrees that Florida's reopening must be measured in phases and based on science and data. Senate President Bill Galvano, who served on the governor's reopen task force, says the plan allows us to help our fellow Floridians and our economy recover as quickly as possible while maintaining a focus on public safety as the number one priority. State Representative Geraldine Thompson says safety matters because this plan won't work if people don't feel safe.
2: Well, we're, we're going to have to be safe. And I think um, in instances where you can maintain the social distancing that's uh, required, then those are places that you know we should consider reopening. I am very concerned about places uh, such as barbershops and beauty parlors and nail salons and uh, in-restaurant dining where you can't manage social distancing. I'm very concerned about that. I don't think we've done enough testing uh, to know what the infection rate really uh, is. Uh, We have seen members of the Florida Black Legislative Caucus ask for statistics by race, so that we know if there are certain communities that are being impacted disproportionately. So when when it comes to reopening, I think there are so many unknowns, so much data that we don't have, that um, it's very difficult to say reopen wholesale, but anytime I think where we can maintain social distancing follow the CDC guidelines i think we would be safe to reopen uh, those kinds of uh, those kinds of operations
0: and state senator oscar brainen says the state should increase testing for covid-19 during the reopening stage
3: i think we all believe that we want to be safe before we ha- we go back to work we don't want to have we don't want to open things back up and we end up with a a second major closing. So I have been, and so have many of my colleagues, and many, many of the people that I've talked to talked about, you know, a a uh, safe, I guess you could say, reopening. But I would say that the, when the time comes for that, we need to look at, and we really need to look at certain things. Like for instance, we definitely have to look at testing. And one of the positive things that I think happened yesterday was the site closest to me, which is at Hard Rock Stadium, started taking everyone and not saying, you have to be this or that, anyone can go there. So I think that that's one of the biggest steps that we have to take when it comes to moving to the next step, is making sure that everyone can get tested. Now that we know that there are people who can carry the disease and show no symptoms and could be carriers, I think that that makes it even more imperative that we open testing up and, and make more testing.
0: Speaking of testing, a group working to reform the criminal justice system wants the correction secretary to expand COVID-19 checks of inmates. Greg Newburn is the Florida director of FAM, Families Against Mandatory Minimums, and he says nearly half of the prisoners tested were positive for the respiratory illness. But the state has actually tested fewer than 500 inmates, and there are 94,000 of them behind bars. Newburn says the high rate of positive tests so far suggests there is a significant number of infected but untested people in Florida prisons. Next up on Sunrise, we hear from State Representative Geraldine Thompson, who has a problem with the state's unemployment system. She has a unique perspective on that problem because she was there when Rick Scott and his allies created the House of Cards that collapsed during the crisis. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics.
1: The Florida Hospital Association has released the OPEN plan, designed to allow Florida's safe resumption of elective surgeries and procedures. OPEN stands for O-O. Observe the COVID-19 rate of community occurrence. P. Prevent transmission. E. Establish the process to restore elective surgeries and procedures. And N. Network with all healthcare care providers. You can read the open plan today at fha.org.
0: Welcome back to Sunrise. Our guest today is State Representative Geraldine Thompson of Windermere, who is frustrated by the nonstop crisis at the State Unemployment Office. She says it is time for the DeSantis administration to frankly get more creative.
2: What I'm asking for are things that are kind of out of the box, uh, things that have not been tried, but they're things that I believe will facilitate people being able to use the system. One of the things that I'm requesting is that the governor decentralize uh, the process of determining eligibility for unemployment. And to that I have recommended uh, that career source, and those are employment agencies located throughout the state of Florida. I'm recommending that those agencies uh, be authorized to determine eligibility, and upon that determination to issue a voucher, which an individual could then redeem at a payday loan kind of business or any other financial uh, institution. And the reason for this recommendation is that we know that payday loan companies know how to get money out, they know how to get it out quickly. Uh, This is their business, this is what they do. And so that is one of the things that I think will help people.
0: Another thing that could help is for the state to relax some of the restrictions on food stamps. Representative Thompson says some of the rules do not make sense during a pandemic.
2: I'm focused on how to get money in people's hands. We also have people who are on food stamps and they are not allowed to use the food stamps for takeout or delivery because those are considered luxuries. And uh, the thinking was that you don't want people getting taxpayer-funded assistance and getting luxuries. Well, in this environment, takeout and delivery is not a luxury. And so I'm saying let's allow people to use the food stamps for takeout and delivery. And that helps in a number of ways. Certainly it helps people to um, get nourishment that they need, but it also helps our businesses stay afloat. It helps the restaurants, et cetera, so that you have uh, another category of of, uh, customers that you would not have had otherwise.
0: Thompson has a unique perspective on Florida's broken unemployment system because she was serving in the state senate when they broke it.
2: When this proposal to revamp Florida's unemployment system, and that's what it used to be called, unemployment, through semantics and a play on words, it then became re-employment assistance. But when it was proposed in 2011 under then-Governor Rick Scott, I voted against it because certainly we did not envision COVID-19, but we have hurricanes on a very regular basis We've had oil spills on uh, off the coast of Florida that contaminated the beaches. We've had red tide. We've had uh, green algae. We've had all kinds of problems. And we should have anticipated large volumes of people being unemployed. And this system does not work for them. In fact, uh, it was designed to present an artificial picture of what the employment status of people uh, really were in the state of Florida. If you can't get through the system, if you can't file a claim for unemployment uh, compensation, then the records look as if everybody's working and there are no problems, and that's what it was designed to do in addition to relieving businesses during that economic downturn of having to pay the unemployment taxes. So it was that combination of things. And so I uh, advocated against it then. However, this is what we have to deal with. So my office is working to facilitate having that happen and getting concerns to the proper agencies and to the governor.
0: Representative Thompson sent her request to the governor on Monday. She's hoping for an answer by the end of the week. An update on a previous story. Back on Monday, we heard from Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed, who was fuming over a USDA decision to allow importation of fresh citrus from China.
2: We know that the citrus greening that has really um, decimated our citrus here in the state of Florida, reducing
1: output by almost 75 percent, came from a, a disease from China. Uh, and unfortunately, China's imports of fruits and vegetables are known to have pests and diseases uh, that really are not, um, conducive to, to, the state of Florida and has a real chance of, of killing so much more of our ag production. It's just astonishing
2: that we would be doing this, um, and, and we are asking USDA, uh, to really, um, you know, rescind this very misguided proposal.
0: Freed is no longer alone on this. Florida Senators Marco Rubio and Rick Scott have written to the U.S. Department of Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue asking him to reverse the decision to let five varieties of citrus be imported from China. They say Florida citrus growers have suffered from hurricanes, unfair competition from other countries, and citrus greening, a disease that originated in China and spread to the U.S. from imported citrus. Florida's citrus industry has been struggling for more than a decade, in large part because of citrus greening, which is fatal to fruit. Your calendar of events begins with the Department of Transportation. They're holding a 930 webinar of a task force that's working on plans for the Suncoast Connector, which would extend the Suncoast Parkway from Citrus County to the Georgia border. The Triumph Gulf Coast Board of Directors, which administers BP settlement money from the Deepwater Horizon disaster, is holding a conference call at 1040. That's Central Time. The Florida Supreme Court will release its weekly opinions at 11 o'clock in Tallahassee. The Democratic Caucus in the Florida Senate is holding a video press conference on Florida's unemployment benefits crisis. That's at 1. The Florida Healthy Kids Corp. Board of Directors will meet by conference call at 2. And the South Florida Water Management District will hold an online workshop at 5 to provide an update about regional water supply planning efforts by the Central Florida Water water initiative. And finally, it's time for the adventures of Florida man who has his own video tribute. A Florida man who happens to be governor has inspired the Conan O'Brien show. Team Coco came up with this parody commercial after Ron DeSantis declared wrestling to be an essential service that could continue to operate during the pandemic.
3: Day after day, we're watching heroes risk their health and safety to keep the rest of us going strong. Doctors, nurses, grocery workers, delivery people, And professional wrestlers. Those selfless gladiators who elbow smash, cross chop, and clothesline each other day after day for our amusement. Frontline heroes like Mojo Rawley, Roman Reigns, Natalia, and Sasha Banks. Choking each other out so the rest of us can breathe a little easier. Thank you for your service WWE, and thank you Florida. Once again, You've out yourself. Right
0: there. And a Florida woman who worked as a pharmacy technician for Walgreens in Belgrade says she stole hundreds of Xanax and Percocet tablets to keep a cousin from robbing the store. At least that's what she told detectives from the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office. 23-year-old Talicia McGee then admitted it wasn't really her cousin, just someone she'd grown up with in Sarasota. McGee's charged with traffic in oxycodone, possession of Xanax, and fraud. That's it for this episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.